You are listening to Heated Agreement on Dash Sports, Episode 1. We're in the top of the ninth, leading 10-7, bases loaded, two down, and Rick Vaughn has come on to try and nail it down against Felipe Aguilar, a dangerous right-handed batter. Here's the pitch. Oh, shit. Shut up, you asshole! Ladies and gentlemen, I'll be brief. My point is, everything we need to have a good time is right here. I'll give you a hint. It rhymes with best bros. Mojitos! I'm not looking at anything, because all I see are lies and collusion. This whole season is no one He's the one guy you sleep with. John Samos. What? Did we just become best friends? Yep. I'm back. You can rally. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Heated Agreement. I am your host, Jorfi. It is the week of April 20th, and it is draft week. Joining me today are Woody, James, and Flounder. What's up, guys? What's going on, man? If y'all want to introduce yourselves, we'll go ahead and start with our college wrestling and UFC specialist, Mr. Flounder. Take it away. So I'm Flounder. I uh, grew up smack dab right in between Houston and Galveston, Texas. My dad played football at A&M in the 80s. Uh, my mom is from old school SEC country in a small town outside of Birmingham, and they all grew up rooting for Auburn. Um, another cousin of mine attended Bama until super recently. So to say we have complicated Thanksgivings would be an understatement. I have a super, super deep affinity for the old Southwest Conference and uh, old school Texas football, both high school and, and college level, and even kind of the pros. Uh, I have an odd family connection to the NFL that I'm sure will come up at one point or another. We will never mention their names for sake of anonymity. And but currently I'm an unemployed campaign strategist who uh, desperately needs something to kill the free time. So thank God for this. Over to our numbers and basketball specialist, Mr. James, tell us about yourself. All right, guys, my name is James. Uh, I don't really have the background that Flounder does, and I definitely can't bullshit like Woody can. But uh, I also went to A&M, and I am the self-proclaimed smartest person on this podcast. Uh, I am also the official drinking game creator of this podcast. So I'll be providing the best basketball analysis as well as any kind of statistical analysis because let's just be fair here. None of the other ones are going to do it for you, but uh, that'll be my job here and also to be the Bill Walton of this podcast. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> well, in that case, from one balding guy to the next, Woody, take it away. Well, I'm Woody. I went to A&M, but I sure as hell didn't stay as long as Jorfy did. I graduated in four years like a normal human being. I'm a baseball nerd. I follow baseball closer than any of you. I'm a statistical nerd. I love sabermetrics, especially in baseball. I'm excited to tell all of you that you're wrong, but more excited to talk about random bullshit with all of you. What's going on, guys? It's Jorfy. I also attended Texas A&M. Instead of graduating in four years like a loser, I decided to stick around and watch eight quarterbacks start while I was in school. Three of those might have been in one season. Shout out Kevin Sumlin. I'll let your boy bear down. But at the same time, uh, I did have a little bit of fun and and stuck around for quite a while. Uh, I currently work in construction, and I created a website called Dashboards. 
really just because of the constant bickering and just grown men acting like 12-year-olds on Twitter about recruits and who had a worse season. Like, it's just so much arguing about why your team is not as bad as the other team rather than why my team is good. You know, it's okay to acknowledge that another team is good or just ignore the other team. So I decided to start Dash Sports really just kind of no BS, no bias, just throwing it out there just how it is. And, uh, you know, it's I, I, there's no nobody in the state of Texas can talk. Everybody's been average and up and down for the last 10 years, 15 years. And it's uh, it's getting kind of old. So let's drop. Now that you know all of us, we can dive into our first segment, and that's a little game I like to call First or Worst. I'm going to come up with a topic each week to give to these guys, and we are going to debate who is the first and who is the worst of that particular category. This week, we are going with sports broadcasters, so it could be somebody in the booth, sidelines, a team, a singular person, doesn't matter, as long as you can tell us why they are the worst or why they are first. Flounder, since you introduced yourself first, we'll go ahead and keep it rolling with you. Have at it. So um, I'm going to lead off with my worst list. I don't know if I would necessarily say this is exactly in order from like one to five, but I'm going to go five to one. My number five, and I only did five each, is uh, Phil Sims. I mean, I don't really think that you need more evidence for how bad a uh, sportscaster than uh, whenever he farted on uh, Jim Nance in the middle of a broadcast, and Nance literally walked away. Um, it's not that his broadcast style was necessarily just that horrendous, but just some of the things he said and still says to this day on the desk, it's like no one likes him, no one wants to work with him, it seems like. Everyone that, that gets the chance to roast him uncontrollably. So, number five. Uh, number four is a team, Beth Moens and Rex Ryan. Again, I don't think this one needs much explanation. Rex Ryan, while he's a really good personality, I think, on uh, morning shows and stuff like that, does never need to be in the booth again. And same goes with Beth Moens. Anytime she's calling a game, I, I either immediately turn it off or turn on music or something to, to drown. I just can't stand her voice. Maybe it makes me a sexist. I don't know. But uh, <laughs> No, it's definitely her voice. <laughs> Dude, her voice is fucking terrible. Bad. Uh, my number three is Chris Collinsworth. Ooh, that one might be something. I know a lot of people would either have him at number one in their worst or number one in their first. I know a lot of people that like Chris Collinsworth. No, those reason. people should not be considered your friend. <laughs> not be on the show. They, yeah, do not have yeah. that fall in. Well, I think I think y'all understand why he's that low on my worst list when, when I get to my top two. Um, my number two is a man who could not get over Juan Soto's age in the 2019 <laughs> World Series. 20 years old and just bursting with power. He was the, like the most monotone bullshit sportscaster out there. Pair him and it just it some games are really hard to sit through. Joe Buck, solid number two. And I mean, number one, how can you not go with Jason Witten and Booger McFarland, even though they weren't a team in the booth necessarily? You just followed up Jason Witten with an even worse somehow broadcaster. It doesn't make sense what Monday Night Football uh, I understand this. Stats are like bikinis. They show some things, but not all things. <laughs> 
I'm going to give you my five real quick on the bad. So we got Beth Moens at five. Four is Booger. Three, you have Gary Danielson. He's the worst. How did you forget him? He's awful. I didn't forget him. I just, I thought there was, he's, he's like so bad. Team. And then Joe Buck. 20 years old and just bursting with power. Then Chris Collinsworth is number one by a mile. So are we doing best and worst or just worst right just now? Just do your worst. Just do your worst. Number one worst is Joe Buck. 20 years old and just bursting with power. Anything different. Joe Buck is the bane of my existence when it comes to watching sports. <laughs> From there, it goes Gary Danielson, second worst. Chris Collinsworth, third worst. Booger, fourth worst. Beth Moens, fifth worst. I do have something to say about Beth Moens, however. I don't think it's sexist at all to say she's a absolutely terrible at her job because Beth Moens sits there and tries so hard to make you think that she knows a lot about what she's talking about. And she tries so hard that it's so fucking obvious to everyone what she's talking about. It makes no sense. She sits there and tries so hard to make you think she knows what she's talking about. We all get it. You know sports. You're a woman. That's great. Don't be fucking obnoxious about it. Clayton, you got a top five? Bottom five. My top five worst. Worst. Number five, Troy Aikman. He's just not good. Ooh. He's not good. I can see it. Your dad it's is gonna not, send you to hell. <laughs> it's not um it's not really anything, one thing he does. He's just not good. And his voice is uh, number four, if we were doing commentator or like uh, sports personalities, I'd have to put Colin Cowherd in this. <laughs> He's an absolute idiot. Yeah. Not. But since we're not an idiot. number four is A Rod. Oh a yeah. Is awful. Okay. That's a good one. I'm not even going to get into the whole odd number leads are better than even number leads thing. <laughs> just listen that. to him talk, and that's all, all you need to know. I just want to hear him talk about how value runs and RBI are. Yeah. yeah. What, and, what an absolute buffoon. Great wife, though. Uh, and then number three is Joe Buck. Because, um, yeah. Number two is Gary Danielson. And number one is the worst sports broadcaster in the history of sports, Chris Collinsworth. Free tweet. Because <laughs> he adds zero helpful information or zero relevant information. It's just like, like Andrew said with the, the Joe, with the John Madden analysis. If they keep getting first downs, they're going to score. That's about all you get out of Chris I almost had Madden on here too. If Madden was still relevant, I would have had him on my list as number one. Yeah. He's the yeah, absolute worst too. ever. Okay. Oh. So number five on my uh, my top five first. Um, this this might be controversial. I don't want to say it's controversial, but I went outside the realm of like typical sports for this one because I think they would be my number one or number two if they were more in the zeitgeist i guess uh going with joe rogan and mike goldberg or, or john anik um I, I think you could put joe rogan and john anik or mike goldberg who has since retired or i believe moved to bellator um i think you could put those two up there with with any broadcast team throughout the nfl i think you could put them right up there with romo and nance 
Um, their their ability to call play by play during fights is is second to none. So that's why I've got them at number five. Like I said, they would be higher. Um, fuck. Okay, so my number four is this one might actually be controversial just because I don't know how many people actually like these guys. Uh, they're iconic to me, so it's kind of why I went with them. I can't remember the guy. I'm spacing on his name right now, but Kirk Herbstreet and whoever he broadcast with uh, for College Game Day. Um, Chris I just, Fowler, right? Reason. What's up? Isn't it Chris Fowler? Yeah, Chris Fowler. Yeah. God, I don't know why. I, I don't know why I spaced on that. I I don't really like Chris Fowler, and I think that Kirk Herbstreet's kind of a douchebag. But um, their ability to do play-by-play and color commentary is is definitely the best, in my opinion, in college football. And uh, definitely, definitely up there with some of the best. Number three for me, I got John Gruden. I again, like you could kind of go into he just kind of said a bunch of random nonsense that that like almost in the John Madden, almost in the John Madden vein. But I just love his voice, man. You know, man, I just love that. Uh, <laughs> oh shit, who was his who was his quarterback in, uh, in Peter Knox? Peter Man. You know, I mean, <laughs> come on, dude, I love John Gruden. No Peter. Uh, number two. Uh, Kevin Harlan, I mean, one of my favorite sports calls of all time <clears throat> is Kevin Harlan calling the drunk guy on the field. I can't remember if it was a Bills oh, Patriots oh, yeah. <laughs> He is drunk. He is running through the field. And they got him. He's at the 20. You know, like that was – that's an iconic moment for me. Uh, let alone, you know, what he's done in the NBA and and, uh, and on Sundays for the NFL. And number one, I feel like kind of a uh, kind of a cop-out, but it's Tony Romo and Jim Nance. Um, I just, the Romo Stradamus shit, I just, I love Tony's ability to see what's going on before the play, even though he's not always right. It, it, it really engages people and gets people watching the game in a way that I don't think a lot of people typically think about. So that's, that's my top five. Okay. So, uh, I'm going to go one to five. Uh, I'm actually going to put Jim Nance and Tony Romo at number two, because I'm giving credit to Kevin Harlan and that whole TNT, TBS crew, or whatever that for the NBA, Chuck, Shaq, Ernie, all the guys. That that stuff is hilarious, and I will. Yeah. And, and that might the reason I might have them at number one is more about Chuck and his vendetta against the women of San Antonio. But anyways, that's that's why I have them at number one. I got Tony and Jim Nance at number two, Greg McElroy at number three, and old boy Gus Johnson. At number four, yeah, I, I could not decide if I thought he was the worst or the best, and I just I feel like it's definitely a best kind of deal. I agree with you with uh, Kirk Herbstreet and Chris Fowler at number five. I, I'm not a big fan of either one of them, but the whole pro- production they have for ABC Saturday Nights is a pretty badass deal there. But those are my five. All right, so for me, I'm going to go five to one. But I'm going to throw in a wild card before I start. I think Pat McAfee. Oh, son. <laughs> Listen to me. Nobody's more entertaining. True. And why am I watching it? To be entertained. To be entertained, and yep. I'm telling you, Pat McAfee is the most entertaining figure in sports right now. I Here, agree. He might not be the most technical. He might not be the most professional. But why do I give a shit? Which is, I think, why you're not seeing big market, big uh, brands take a chance on him. I think a lot of them are worried he's going to say something that can't take back. Probably. 
But I think you're wrong also. ESP, College Game Day had him on three times. Yeah. He only said like three cuss words. In the booth for Thursday night football, college football. He was good on Thursday night. Yeah, on Fox on Thursday night where they show like State versus Fresno State. But I'm saying they're giving him a chance to prove himself. And it makes me yeah, want to watch it's, it. It's still not – he's not on CBS or ABC. No, no. What I'm saying is I want to be entertained. And when I'm mm-hmm. listening to Pat McAfee call a game, I'm entertained. Oh, yeah. And that's why I, I'm i not going to give him my, in my top five, but I wanted to give it a shout-out because Pat McAfee is the most entertaining sports figure out there right now. Period. I'm not arguing that. I'm just telling you why I think he's not getting that chance. And, and that's fine. And they can fight it all they want. But when their entire fan base wants Pat McAfee in the booth, they're going to end up doing it. Yeah. Because it sells. And I don't care what kind of professionalism they want. Pat McAfee sells. Pat McAfee Especially the most entertaining sports figure there is out there right now. And that's just a fact. I would have put him in my top five if I thought about it, but it slipped my mind. And so he's not in my top five because, you know, he's not established enough. But mm-hmm. if he was on, like, I want him to be the Monday Night Football analyst. Me too. Because I would turn on the sound and stop talking when he's talking because he's entertaining as shit. Because you want to listen. I agree. Anyways. Like, I, I tuned into a bunch of those Thursday night games just because of Pat. Didn't yeah. give a fuck who was playing. There's one human on this earth that can make a punt entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. Marquette King was pretty good. Oh, you mean in the broadcast booth? <laughs> oh, who was that cat that called the Michigan State game? Oh, my God. The guy's voice cracked. snap. <laughs> anyway, at number five, I have Romo and Nance. And – I'll be completely honest, it's because of Romo. Like, I don't care if Nance Jim is Nance has the voice, though. Nance has the mm-hmm. voice, no doubt. But there's a lot of people with the voice. Like, Joe Buck has the voice. He just says stupid No, he shit. doesn't. Get out of here. <laughs> Joe Buck has Get a great voice. Joe Buck has the voice for sure. Yeah. But Romo's fantastic. I love Romo. He's at number five. Number four, I'm kind of cheating on this list a little bit, but Dick Vitale. I oh, amazing. I love Dick Vitale. When you think college basketball, you think Dick Vitale's voice. Period. Could have easily put him on the other list, too. Yeah. Get the hell out of here. Three, that part. I have Kirk Herbstreit, Chris Fowler. They're the most professional broadcast in sports. <clears throat> Period. They do their homework. They're very professional about the way they go about things. And... Quite frankly, they're just good to watch. They're, they make the whole broadcast more entertaining. Wait, time out. Was that – oh, wait, that was Musburger that said the inappropriate thing about McCarran's girlfriend, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay, I was about to say, I don't know how professional that was. Time out, though. I'm telling you, was he all the way down to Kirk Street, never making picks on the games he's calling. He's just a professional. I love his story about how he made a – promo video to try to get into sports broadcasting it worked and now he's at like the mecca of sports broadcasting okay but let's not act like he came from the bottom he was a quarterback at ohio state that would get you out i refuse to say that shit but 
Herbie's the best in the game when it comes to college football. And that's what I decided. At number, at number two, I have Ernie Johnson. I do not have the whole TNT crew. I think Ernie Johnson in himself deserved the number two slot. Ernie Johnson. Yeah, for putting up with them. Or, what? For putting up with them. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. It's just yeah. shock. Ernie Johnson in himself calls golf, calls playoff baseball, calls NBA. He's awesome. He has the range to call golf and basketball. He has the range to do play-by-play and then host a show. I think Ernie Johnson is one of the absolute best, period. Did you see that video of him beating Chuck in a three-point contest? (laughs) (laughs) Now, number one, I I can't explain how upset I am that neither of you two – said this beforehand <laughs> and I guarantee Clayton tries to change his list after this it's Vin Scully Vin Scully is the greatest play-by-play announcer I mean, of all time I agree but I thought we were like he isn't that just like one market don't care he's the greatest okay, of all will time. He retire I mean he would be number one on my list retire. as well don't care he's the greatest of all time no I agree when I think baseball, I think listening to Vin Scully call a game. When the hell did you listen I, to Vin Scully call a game? I watched baseball. <laughs> he, I watch over 100 baseball games a year. That shit. When the he, hell did you listen know. to Vin Scully call a game? Vin Scully, Vin Scully did the TV broadcast for the last no, I know. years. It's fucking hilarious. You got to clip that. Vin Scully did the TV broadcast for the last 15 years. I watch over 100 baseball games a year. When I had the chance to watch a Cardinals-Dodgers game, I chose to watch the Dodgers broadcast. because y'all guys suck. The Cardinals guys are the top five worst announcers. When have you ever listened to it? When they're playing the Astros. You didn't listen to the Astros broadcast? No, because they're the top six worst. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. (laughs) I agree. All I'm saying is Vince Scully is the greatest of all time. Period. Just so you know, that take by Jordy's not going to go over well with our. No, you should cut that. I will cut that. Every every fan base thinks their announcers are the shit, and then if oh, yeah. you listen to them, okay. they're saying something stupid. Jeff Blum, I really like. Todd Callis's voice annoys the shit out of me. Todd Callis is Blum's awful. Blummer is bad. No, but he's funny. That's all that matters. No, he's not. He's You're out to lunch, dude. He's super. He's super biased twenty four seven when he's broadcasting. No, they're all biased. They suck. His baseball takes are just awful. Okay, can we like cut back into my talk real quick? Because I oh yeah, go for it. Go for it. We'll cut all that shit out. You ready? Yeah. Vin Scully is not only the best broadcaster of all time. He worked without a color guy his entire career. He did all of his own research. He was the only man in the booth for his entire career. There's nobody else that has ever done that. He started that way. He finished that way. Vin Scully would pull stats out of his ass that nobody knew but Vin Scully. Okay, I'm done. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we were in Make sure you're done with your Vin Scully rant. Yeah. All right. I'm going to start with an honorable mention since I didn't know um, how we were doing this. But if we were including radio, it's Milo Hamilton as an honorable mention. Peace. 
Oh. Yeah. out for the home. No one. Um, but for real, number five, Gus Johnson. Because, God forbid, you're watching a game and the announcer actually gets excited about the football game going on. Deep in the pocket. Goes down the field for Smith. Oh, he caught it. Smith. Touchdown, 85 yards. Iowa. Number four is Tony Romo for knowing, being the smartest person in the stadium every time it happens every time he's at a game uh number three is dick vitale because again just someone getting excited while they're calling the game let's go uh number two i don't know how andrew's gonna feel about this one but uh eduardo perez doing espn baseball he's very he's just so good he's so good and he's actually knows what the hell he's talking about what? I like Eduardo Perez. What I don't like is who he's surrounded by, and that drags him down. I agree. He's forced to talk about stuff that he shouldn't be talking about. Eduardo Perez himself is good, but he doesn't make my top five because he gets dragged down by who he's around. Yeah, they're the worst, and he's the only reason it's watchable. That's how good he is. Yeah. But the problem is you're only as good as the people you're around. Yeah, that's why you suck. <laughs> Got him. Okay. And number one. Yeah. And number one is the guy every single one of y'all left off. Bill Walton. At oh, one. Get so out good. of here. Get out of here. Bill you want to talk about you want you want to talk about entertaining. You want to talk about a commentator that you can tune in and just be entertained by. And everyone's gonna argue he doesn't talk about the basketball game. I don't need you to talk about the basketball game. I'm watching it. I have the TV on. I can tell what's going on. Bill no. Walton, commentator. Bill Walton is the commentator for people that know the sport. No. Bill Walton. You want somebody to sit there and explain everything. People that are fucking stoned. I tell you, uh, you know, I'm not a very good catcher. I'm much better at getting high. Than Bill Walton is the commentator for people that know what's going on and just want to be entertained while they're watching the game. We're going to refer to ourselves as the podcast of champions from now on. No. <laughs> I'm so disappointed in you. You should have known that was coming. I thought you were going to be the one that I agreed with on this podcast. <laughs> no, when have we ever agreed? Where do you think the name is from? Eat an agreement. It's not really agreement. Eat an agreement literally came from me and you, me and yours conversations. I don't think that's the English. Yeah, yeah you can cut that. No, I'm leaving you gotta that. Talk, you got to talk more better with that flag in your background there, bud. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. So that's uh, first and worst, and we'll come up with a new subject for that every episode. I thought that went pretty well. minor hiccups like Bill That's a dog right there. <laughs> this is about all that Wyatt does on Zoom. God bless our holy patron saint of the year. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm. I used to get off work 
drive to the liquor store, get a six pack, go home, finish the six pack, do it all over again the next day. Sounds like my quarantine. Oh, dude, I've developed a serious drinking problem. Oh, same. I've developed a serious smoking problem, too. I got to cut that shit out. It's killing my bank. <laughs> Not your lungs, your bank. <laughs> Let's go ahead and bring it back in real quick. This is the part where we do a little teaser for our upcoming special over the NFL draft. We're going to be giving you our virtual analysis on the virtual NFL draft. We are studying mock drafts this week, and based on where different players are projected, we're going to give you who are stud, bust, or a gem. Did you see Mel Kuyper's draft board that had Herbert going before Tua? Yeah, he's out until fucking lunch, dude. dude. Or no, to the that'll Miami. Be our, that'll be our opener is how fucking stupid that take is. Also, can we um, go back to the dumbest shit we saw on Twitter this week? So Longhorn fans, they love to like sh- shit on Aggies and like, hey, all they do is claim national championships because they can't win one, right? Yeah. Well, somebody, some Longhorn fan decided to go at the king if there's no college football this year, will Alabama claim another national championship? Oh, bad idea. Me? Like, out of all – you're a Longhorn. There's so many things you can shit on all the other teams on. But don't go after Alabama. This nah, guy just dude. got go smoked in the mentions, dude. I'll tell you what it is. Mm. It's Longhorns thinking they're still relevant. And, and that's the underlying down. problem of all of this. They're terrified Longhorn, of not being a part of the zeitgeist. Is Longhorns still think they're blue bloods? They right. think they're with the Clemson, Ohio State, Alabama, Oklahoma. They with USC too. Bloods. But guess what? Texas hasn't hasn't been with the blue bloods. In 10 fucking years. 10 fucking years, exactly. 10 More years. They haven't but here's the thing. Blood. But here's the thing. Football and basketball blue bloods mean completely different things. Basketball yes. is the schools that are always relevant, always good, always in contention. Football blue bloods, all that means is you're the high revenue team every year. You're the team with the big fan base, and you're the team that gets on national TV all the time. Texas is still that. They're still that. Eh, I don't know. That's fine. Like they're good. That. Maybe they're not good, but as far as football blue bloods concerned, that they're they're still on TV, all the national TV, all the time. That's fine. But here's where your argument fades. All of the college basketball programs that are blue bloods can turn their program around in a year with one good. Reason. Oh yeah. That was my whole argument is that it's different. My whole argument is that being a blue blood in basketball and football are completely different things. And that's great. But revenue does not drive blue blood in text in, in college football. If yes, it does. What do you think football's all about? Texas A&M would be a blue blood. Yeah, no, we, we've we done it the last couple of years. Texas A&M is in a blue blood college football team. Yeah. Right? They're not. It's not. They're not. But we're the number one revenue team in the nation. Right. I'm talking about perennially. Perennially, yeah. the Blue Bloods are at the top of the revenue. We're not perennially. Right now, sure. And if you do it for another 10 years, then you will be. Watch. You will exactly. be. Exactly. We're just not there currently. We're on the way. We are on the fucking fast track. 
out of all the other schools in the nation, I don't think you could really compare any of them to the current Blue Bloods other than A&M. I mean, maybe there's a couple, but I mean, like we're, 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 we're on that precipice, especially with Jimbo Fisher at the helm. Yeah, and uh, but it, okay. it just takes longer than the last five years for it to be absolutely. I, agree. I totally agree. But the problem with your argument is, is you're talking about college basketball and college football, and you said they're completely different, but you compared them. <laughs> I, I'm talking. I'm, I'm juxta. I'm putting the juxtaposition of the two. Yeah. Basketball, all the blue buds are the ones that are always relevant because that's how college basketball works. One good recruiting class, and you're the best team in the nation. You play yep. five on the court at a time look at tech shit college football you need 22 players just to feel an offensive defense it's not the same you can't no. not I'm, kind every of Alabama. I'm kind of in the middle with both of you so i think there is some severe delusion going on with longhorn fans right now just the other day i had an interaction with this guy that was trying to tell me that Sam Ellinger does not have to win the Heisman or the national championship to be a better all-time quarterback than Colt McCoy. <laughs> That's an absurd take. Oh, my God. Are you right, so, fucking so the, serious? The, the delusion oh, he is that – He said not – he doesn't even have to make the natty. I said if they make the natty and he's the Heisman runner-up, maybe, maybe, but not maybe. really. Not really. Colt McCoy set the all-time record in college football history. That's because because he he run. He's a fullback with an arm. Yes. Tom yeah, Burton absolutely. runs Sam Ellinger into the ground. Yes. Oh, all day. And all if day. you claim that Texas is still a blue blood after 10 years of failure, not, not mediocre, failure, you're wrong. It's a hunger. All right, guys, so every now and then on this pod, you're going to hear us talk about Jorphy. Uh, we all have nicknames on this pod, not our real names, but none of them have the legend that Jorphy has. The, the, the name came from his inability to socialize with pretty women as a sober individual, while his propensity to do it as a drunk one. And the stories just kept building until a alter ego was born. There's plenty of stories of him on football road trips, just hanging around College Station, and then also just the things he says that are quoted and saved on my phone. So whenever we go into a story about him, just know there's plenty more coming, and they're all going to be entertaining. For example, maybe one day we're talking about Nashville, and I will be like, oh, man, I remember that time that we went up to Nashville for the Vanderbilt game, and we ended up day drinking from – the time we woke up until the time we went to bed and by the time the seven o'clock game kicked off I was just 10 sheets to the wind and then afterwards we decided since we were already there and out and about to go out to the bars well I start I see this girl across the way keep in mind that I am very intoxicated so I start talking to her and she's like hey you should come with us to the next bar so me being very intoxicated i go okay that's a great idea and decide to go tell my friends because i want to not get i don't want to get lost 
in a big city that I've never been to before. So I go find my friend, find him. I'm like, hey, this girl wants us to go to the other bar. Let's roll with them. <laughs> and so I was like, okay, well, let's go talk to him. I see the girl walking out the bar, and I run behind them, follow him to the next bar. So we get into the bar, and I continue to talk to her, flirt with her, do you know, go, just you know, shoot my shot. So, um, I don't know. Twenty minutes passed. It could have been hours. I, and I have no idea. But so the guy starts to get really aggressive towards me, and then all of a sudden we realize that that is her husband. And it's not like this girl lied to me about being single and wanting to hang out and flirty with me. My drunk ass could not tell the difference between the girls in the bar. So I followed the wrong girl out of the bar and into this bar and was hitting on her husband for God knows how long. And I'm just thankful that that guy was understanding and did not just beat the shit out of me on the spot. Anyway, so that's an example of a Jorfy story. Alrighty guys, that's all the time we have for today. I hope you enjoyed the first episode of Heated Agreement. We've got a lot more content coming your way. Remember, we got another special coming out this week for the NFL Draft. Be sure to tune into that. Check out Dashboards on Twitter for any updates on this podcast or anything related to Heated Agreement. And with that, I'll see you on the other side. Take it easy.